You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crush Fam Podcast. I'm your host, Cantharion, a.k.a. Chris Crush Jacob, because Chris Crush will make the ball jump, jump. I'm joined by a couple of fantastic fellow kingpins, starting it off with Barry B. Benson himself. How's it going today? Going good. Surviving the rains, the monsoons? I wouldn't put it as far as surviving, but for now we're alive. Perfect. <laughs> it's all anyone can ask. And also joining us is Pirate Captain Dom, a.k.a. Yeah. Crozier McCoy. How you doing today, sir? Howdy, I'm pretty good. Dodging the family under the table, this is perfect. (laughs) Hiding, um, you know, I'll just uh, stay in the closet for this whole time. Can't find me here. Excellent, I love it. It's a (laughs) technique my friends with kids use uh, often. It's the the only sanctuary they have is the closet that has a lock on it. That's (laughs) that's the only place to hide. Alright, so... Uh, Today I wanted to talk a little bit about major and minor league interactions. I want to first touch base on my understanding and get your guys' input as well on how the major league baseball handles it, and then kind of talk into your understanding and perception based on what you've seen in the PBE, and then kind of talk about the pros of that system and then maybe some things that could be improved upon And if there's a little bit of time left, we'll get hyped for the playoffs. Uh, But as a big Cubs fan, obviously I'm starting with the Cubs organization. I know, it's terrible. Um, And this is the the 2020 rosters, of course, since this is out of the park 21. I just did a quick start uh, just to kind of show an example of those interactions. Um, but let's start off with Barry. Uh, what's what's kind of your impression of how major league interactions work between their their minor and major teams? Uh, what do you what do you mean by that? Like... Let me kick it off. So my understanding my understanding of how these interactions work is essentially all of these minor league teams are basically under the ownership of the Cubs. So it's all one giant chain where uh, there are local coaches and, and local staff, but essentially these all of these teams are at the whim of the major league teams. So if the, if the owners of the Cubs wanted to work on calling up players from the minors, it would just happen, right? There would just be a, there were transactions would happen, people would move up and down, and those players would then be on the new rosters without any uh, sort of other decision happening. I, I know that a lot of the times the the GMs and owners will seek input from coaches, ask things like, "Hey, um, what does this look like? How is this player looking? Um, you know, what what kind of stuff could we expect from them? What kind of hitting approach could we expect from them? Do they need more time in the minors?" They'll ask those questions. But ultimately, they'll still be the ones making those decisions. That's kind of how I understand the major and minor league interactions as a whole. Um, do you have anything you want to add to that or any other interpretations or thoughts uh, on that, Barry? 
All right. So yeah. So how I understand it is that I don't think the teams are specifically owned by the Cubs, but they're under contract, like they're affiliated with them. But the Cubs can drop their connections with that team at any time. But it's basically, yeah, pretty much what you said. They can call on any player on one of those teams and decide to throw them to a different team that they're affiliated with uh, until they end up making it to the major league level and play for the Cubs or any other team, major league team that we're talking about. Yeah, and I know it gets a little tricky with some of the contracts on on the minor sides, and uh, I'm sure that there are specific conditions and things that they're limited to uh, but yeah my understanding is that it's it's all they're all affiliates and all of those contracts are set up uh, just like any other coaching or position it's it's hey you're our affiliate for X amount of years here's how much money you get for that here's what we get out of it so it's and, and a lot most of those relationships again to my understanding is that essentially the 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 owners just get to do what they want pretty much right they don't dictate like local things just because probably they don't care right they don't they don't probably they don't worry about like concessions costs at local parks um but as as far as the actual talent goes i think they pretty much have free reign and the only way and again that it would be i'm guessing it would be the specific contract there would be like exit clauses or some other like escape thing uh, if a if an affiliate wanted to leave, that's that's my interpretation. And again, this is based on very little research and just my understanding. Uh, anything anything else I'm missing, or anything else you wanted to add to that, Barry? Uh, no, I think you pretty much got it. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you think, Dom? Any any other thoughts or interpretations of that that relationship? Yeah, um, I think. The minor league system is one of my favorite structural designs in all of sports. And the problem is it really only works with baseball because the average career for baseball, it's so much easier to like sustain yourself for a long time, especially a, uh, a batter. So it, it's interesting to me. I like it as a system because it you have a very clear pi- pipeline of like how to get better and how to improve your career. Because what you can do is show that steady improvement year over year, and then eventually you will reach a point where the where uh, your GM of I don't know uh, the Akron Rubber Ducks will be like, yeah, he's good enough to go up to Triple A, and it's it's a very cool system. I work. I wish it worked for more sports, but I think it's one of my favorite uh, structural designs in all the sports. It's how minor leagues work. Also, you just get more baseball, you know, which is cool. It increases city representation. Uh, you know, a lot of minor league teams uh, like Bowie. Uh, I know there's a like three in Texas uh, generally give cities that don't have sports teams, sports teams. So I think as a whole, it's like a very cool and beneficial structure for uh, players, for owners, for fans. So. Yeah, as far as as other sports goes, it's really just practice squads, right? It's not necessarily like a rookie system in most other sports. Uh, It's kind of like college is your rookie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what happens, the reason why you can't run like a minor league in, say, football, um, 
is because the average football career is like three years. You know, <laughs> you couldn't have a a triple A football team because half of your guys would like tear their ACL and their career would be over before you got called up. Um, and then I know the NBA has something that kind of works like this with the G League, but it's just it's a structure that works best for baseball and it works very well. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, it's what ultimately I enjoy about that structure is the fact that it's all towards one goal. It's really towards making that major league team win a championship. Like that's, that's what all of this structure is about. But, but to your point, so many side effects, right. That are positive. You know, the, the individual cities get a little bit more exposure and I think it's better because they're, they're, I know that coming into the 2021 season, a lot of minor league teams lost their affiliation. And so now they're, they're trying to figure out that whole independent baseball thing and I just feel like most fans won't go to those because it's like, who cares, right? These players will never play in the major leagues versus, uh, you know, a minor league team, even if it's a, a low A team, it's exciting because it's like, oh, I might be watching a future legend, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think, I don't know, I think that's a, a, a pretty good summary of how the system works. Uh, again, what makes it exciting for me. And, and then the, it's kind of, it's... It flows both ways, right? When a player gets put down for uh, whatever reason, maybe the you know the the roster's not big enough, or they they had a recent injury, or they're slumping really hard. Then it's a real big boost for that local team. I know um, uh, living in the Reno area, we had Tim Lincecum doing some uh, start in uh, for this for South Bend. I think is there the the Giants affiliate? I forget whose affiliate it is because it might have been right before or right after he got traded. I don't remember, um, but he was playing against the Aces, and obviously a lot of Giants fans in the area. That park was was sold out, and that park has like an insane capacity for a minor league team. Yeah. Like the Aces ballpark is huge and amazing. Like it's it's a decade old stadium. I think I think it's ten years old. Sure. So it was. It was fun to to see Tim Lincecum pitch, and he he didn't do great. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of on the downside of his career, right? It was where um, maybe a lot of critics were right when they said, hey, the way he's throwing isn't really sustainable. Um, <laughs> it turns out there might have been truth to that fact. But but regardless, it was I think that is a, another really cool effect where, you know, one of these players, like if a, if a guy like Anthony Rizzo got sent – down to Iowa for, you know, if he got injured or something and got sent down to Iowa for a rehab start, um, I feel like there would be a big uptick in sales. So it's that that extra added benefit of, oh, cool, I get to see one of my heroes without paying $300. This is pretty nice. Yep. And even if it isn't a superstar-studded lineup, uh, it's cheap, easily accessible baseball. You know, fun to watch live. (laughs) How many, I mean, I've been to so many minor league games, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of the times they're more fun than major league games. I think it depends on the seats, too. I think They have if, a good atmosphere. Yeah, and the, and the little things that they do in between innings, uh, if, even though it's, it's similar activities, uh, in some cases, in a lot of cases they just do, you know, in major league games, they're just like, yep, check under your seat, you might win a trip to... Hawaii, you know, like they do stuff like that versus in minor league games, they're like, hey, uh, these three kids are coming from the stands and they're going to come play a game. 
And it just sure. it almost it almost feels more genuine, right? Yeah, it's it's a little more goofy, you know, because there's not as much um there's not as much media attention. There's not as much um you know high stakes because most people there are more focused on moving up than like actually competing. Right. Um, not that they aren't competitive. So, you know, people can just go there and have more of a fun time. It's definitely a very laid back uh, atmosphere. I agree. And uh, Barry, have you have you had a chance to go to a lot of <laughs> or any minor league games? Barry just dropped out. Oh, he gone. He lagged yep. out. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say one of the really exciting things the last couple of years was um, watching the Taylor Davis stare. Um. I don't even know. I don't even know if he's still on the Cubs. He might have gotten traded. That's possible. Welcome oh, he's back, part Barry. of the Orioles. Oh man! But yeah, he was. He he's obviously he wasn't a great player, but he was a fun player to watch uh, because he always somehow knew when the camera was panning to him and would just mm. stare at it <laughs> for like a solid <laughs> minute. Uh, so that was really fun in those minor league games. Uh, so, uh, Barry, can you hear us now? Yeah, my whole thing like just crashed. I don't know what happened. <laughs> right on. All right, so uh, I was asking, I was just wondering, have, have you gotten a chance to attend any uh, minor league games? I think I went to... I, I When I was younger, I used to go to a bunch of Camden River Sharks games, which wasn't minor leagues. It was like an independent league, but it was similar. And then also the Trenton Thunder, who were who was a uh, Yankees Double A affiliate, but then just got cut in this last season. I've been to a couple of those games, but honestly, I don't remember much from them because they were a while ago. So, oh, that's fair. I, I do remember one of the Trenton Thunder games. I was on the field for one of those mid-inning activities, and we did absolutely terrible. <laughs> it was like a puzzle, and we got like two of the pieces right in a minute. Oh man. <laughs> You let everyone down. No, just kidding. <laughs> everyone on your side of the field uh, was, was like, felt left down, right? It was like me and my sister and then one of my friends and his brother. And we just, everybody was picking up pieces and moving them. No communication. It was just like, it, it was bad. We got, we got the consolation prize. We got to share one Frisbee between all four of us. Perfect. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yep, that's a minor league game. That's, <laughs> yeah, because most of those activities, they don't even have rewards. It's just like... Um, I remember one uh, at a at a single A affiliate, uh, the Kane County. I think at the time it was for the White Sox, um, but yeah, they did it like a shark was ordering a pizza, and then ate like pretended to eat the pizza guy. Like that was the whole sketch. It was just like it was really weird, uh, but very entertaining. So that's I think that sums up the minors for me. So let's you talk. can't eat pizza oh, guys. What's that? Please don't eat pizza, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was one of those like jumbo shark costumes, you know. So like, they both fit in there, and then and then eventually he like spit out the pizza guy, but the pizza guy was in his underwear or something, you know, because he like ate the the clothes. I don't know. It was really stupid, but fun. That's miners. So uh, so let's talk about the PBE miners and majors interactions. Uh, so. Just based on your perception, how things have been going, uh, let's start with Barry again. Um, what's your, you know, what's your understanding of how those minors and majors affiliations really work? So I'm like in like 
the real majors and minors. There's no affiliation between the minors and majors in the PBE. It's kind of like you either get drafted or picked up on waivers by a minor league team, and then from there you'll be drafted by a major league team, and then after a couple seasons you'll be picked up or you'll be uh, brought up to the majors depending on how much TP and how well you've been doing in the minors. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that pretty much sums it up. I I think that there is, you know, I've, I've been able to see some of it, so I know that there is communication between GMs from both the majors and the minors teams. Uh, usually it's a conversation that goes, hey, I'm taking your player, just a heads up. It's not, it's not so much a, hey, you know, would this work out for you guys? Is this going to be okay? It's more of a, yep, this is going to happen. Um, and and yeah, the the up until this season, what players kind of stayed down for the most part seemed like the the ones who were max earners by like the third season were were pretty much guaranteed for a call up. Um, and then anyone, obviously, if it's a GM from a team, a lot of the time they call themselves up after two seasons, depending because usually they'll recreate. Like a lot of GMs will recreate based on what their uh, their team's gonna need. So they'll they'll they know they're like okay so and so is going to retire I don't have their position covered so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that up and then in other cases they just play what's fun uh, but it seems like in in a lot of cases either recreates or GM creates typically up until this season would only get probably two seasons in the minors from what I could see uh, Dom what other what other thoughts do you have about the majors and minors interactions uh, kind of how it works the structure in PBE. <laughs> Um, I, I think a, a large reason as to why it's so different from uh, real life is how TPE works. Um, because actual GMs in real life do not have a sheet that just says, here's how good this player will be. <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot that goes into scouting in real life um and in pbe it's certainly still very difficult you know you still have your booms and your busts but a lot of times it's easier for a major league team to decide uh when when or if they want to draft someone just based off of activity alone um and you know uh, how much they're doing their pts and stuff because you know that you are pretty much guaranteed a hit as long as they will stay active um so i think that makes the structure of major league minor league scouting very different it's also super strange that there is no direct uh call-ups or send downs in the fashion of um minor league teams aren't directly connected to major league rosters so that definitely creates a different atmosphere i would say the minor leagues in pbe feel more like the nba g league than the minor leagues in uh real baseball the mlb and it's it's a very interesting feel um i just know i haven't i have no experience with the majors yet i know i really have liked the minors so far the people in there are nice and it definitely has a different structure than the mlb i don't think it really changes how it feels but it it's interesting to see so 
Yeah, I I would I would say that's that's all reasonably accurate. I also I pulled up my scouting page and I think we should go through all three of our scouting pages because those reports sure. are always funny to me. But for for actual baseball, right? It's the scouting reports are crucial because you're you're everything is based on potential. It's based on what yes. you think this player is going to do. You have no clue how they're actually going to perform when they get to the major league level. You do a best guess estimate and. Out of the Park does a pretty good job of emulating that. I don't know. I mean, it, obviously, if you're playing like a historical league, that, that stuff kind of goes out, out the window because you know how the player is going to perform based on real-life stats. But um, I, I think, I mean, again, you can read in the scouting report, not someone you want in the lineup, but he could still fill a roster spot. That's that's Chris yeah. Jacob. <laughs> he won't set records, but could hit for a 270 batting average. He has the potential to slam 20 homers in the season, and he's a future bench player. So, so again, knowing what the numbers are like OOTP does because of, of the way that we do – because, honestly, we could put everyone's potential at 80, and then yeah. we could literally go in. The sim teams could hypothetically do this, and this would add a lot of work to them, I'm sure, but they could go in and adjust potential based on uh, how active they are, how much TP they're actually earning, and if they're – because essentially you get that rough idea of, okay, if this person's earning 190, you know, the rough max – uh, of a season, then after ten seasons they'll be at nineteen uh, nineteen hundred plus their initial one fifty, so they'd be at at two thousand fifty. Hypothetically, uh, that that assumes like a day one you're able to earn, and then you get the full eight weeks of a season to earn. Uh, sure. So it's so that math is a little dicey. So it might be closer to like nineteen hundred as the actual max, but regardless, uh, let's just throw that that uh, twenty uh, two thousand fifty out there just as a starting point, and then say, okay, now this this person's only earning 130. So now you got 130 times 10 seasons is 1,300 plus the 150 is 1,450. So this player is only going to get to the 1,450, and on a potential rating from 20 to 80, uh, 1,450 versus roughly two, you know, 2,050 might look like a, you know, like a 55 versus an 80 roughly. Yeah. So we could do that. Again, I think we would need to like double our current updater team because <laughs> like, I think that adds a lot of background math. And sure. I think updates, or maybe it's the sim team because it would be the sim team entering that potential ratings. Because um, the update team only puts the updates on your main page, and then the the I think it's I don't think it's the update team. I think it's the sim team that actually goes in and puts it into the the sim file and saves it. But uh, but yeah, that would be an interesting way to do it. But yeah, let's look at uh, let's look at the rest of the team here. <laughs> I love how uh, your overall potential graph there peaked at like forty. <laughs> yeah, like you will never be better than a forty overall, according to this game scouting. <laughs> and and in the minors, I won't. In the in the mine, this is yeah, I peaked. I no, peaked that's technically true. Yeah, because of the cap. So that's yeah. You if you're a max earner, you peak roughly in the middle of your second season yep so yeah so cool. it's so it was one of those like that's that's kind of why a lot of people like to stay down in the minors for a while because they're like oh yeah i want to be like the max potential best and just knock things out of the park i don't want to worry about the rest of it all right so let's check out barry b benson's scouting report uh barry b benson is a chicago P uh, kingpin starting pitcher in the minor league pbe at his peak his repertoire could include or should include a plus changeup, a decent curveball, 
and a decent sample. He compensates for subpar stuff with pinpoint command down in the zone. He projects to be a below-average bullpen arm. How do you feel about that, Barry? Sounds about accurate, besides the whole command thing, because we know that just is non-existent with my player. Even though the command control or the control uh, rating may look decent, it just doesn't play decent, and I I end up walking like three guys per start. Um, but like the the below average bullpen arm seems pretty pretty about uh, it seems right. Uh, <laughs> probably will end up happening. I'll be a below average bullpen to be a complete bust for the Toros. Uh, I, I think Bauer will really like that one. Wasting a third round pick on me. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 I, I don't. The, the decent sinker also is a bit of a stretch. I haven't upgraded that at all. I think it's like a forty overall, or like a fifty overall. That is all. That's a bit of a stretch. But uh, yeah, I think I think it got the change up right. And besides that, it's pretty far off. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, again, you got to take these with a grain of salt because they can only factor in what we've put in as your current ratings. Then, and then, since you were an initial catcher creation, your graph just looks like your player instantly got terrible, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then eventually like got better. Forty-five overall and just dropped down to a twenty-five overall oh, overnight. Man. So that's that's great. Yeah, I love I love. I just love baseball simulation in general. This is so fun. But yeah, so it's obviously uh, you're going to be great. You're doing great for us right now. You had one really tough start because Sim's going to Sim, but uh, but overall you're having a great year, so you, you shouldn't be worried about anything, I don't think. Let me set up my, <clears throat> my favorites here. <clears throat> A 1.22 whip, 4.05 wow. FIP. I mean, those are those are like good major league stats. <laughs> like so, so nothing to be uh, to to feel bad about in any way. And then and then the weird. So this is one thing that's going away or has gone away. And out of the park 22, there's a uh, behind the scenes stamina boost that happens. So when you when you're a starter, you get a little bit of a stamina boost. And then when you're a reliever. Uh, you lose that stamina boost, but you get a little bit of a stuff boost based on your pitches. So that's part of why that graph looks so weird, too, is it's showcasing <clears throat> the um, the fact that you were a reliever at one point. You're slightly tired right now. Congrats. Yeah, I mean, Barry's... Yeah, it, Barry's really, it really tires you to allow seven runs. <laughs> He's just mentally exhausted shutout, at that point. The shutout pitching is just super tiring. All right, and then let's let's check out our final contestant on uh, how annoying is your scouting report? We've got Mr. Cream show corner. sucks. <laughs> so uh, you're our first baseman. Uh, yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, you need to improve your pitch selection and understand game <laughs> situations. And counts to be okay. anything more than an average contact hitter. Uh, you are developing raw power uh, that will rival that of an everyday player. <laughs> so um, you will only fill a role with the absence of other credible candidates. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like, the, I mean, let's be honest. These scouting reports are just unedited roasts. That's without <laughs> saying anything positive. That's brutal. <laughs> 
my but, potential peaks of the Are these scouting reports based off of the potential in game? Yeah. So, so like yeah. they're all super low because our potential is capped at our overall. Exactly. Yeah. So that's and that's why I was saying like if you look at the scouting reports in the actual files, it's a lot more realistic, right? Because it it goes off of the the potentials usually like you know twenty to thirty points higher if they're close to a call up, um, or if they've you know if they're if they're in their thirties, usually that potential's pretty much going to be what the overall is, but under re- relatively under 30 now, once you like the further away you get from 30 usually the the greater distance between current and potential in the out, out of the park engine mm-hmm. but yeah dom any any thoughts on your on your scouting report there um <laughs> i mean to be fair mccoy is not very good right now um it did mention that the best trade is the power which is accurate um, although an <laughs> everyday player is kind of insulting. That's <laughs> I mean, the rest the rest is fine because it's like he has a bad eye, he doesn't understand game situations. But then to be but then to say his best trait is his power, which is average, is very insulting. Um but as a whole, you know, it the roast is deserved until at least like my third season. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty funny. I dig it. And then just cause he's not here. Let's look at Bauer's scouting report. Mm. Oh, this is great. <laughs> German left fielder Shumi Hulkenvedel was born in Stuttgart. He provides <laughs> average defensive value. His offensive potential is limited by poor discipline at the plate. Hulkenvedel's career is likely more bound for journeyman status than stardom. Wow. Take that Bauer. That's what you get for not showing up. You just get roasted. You don't get an opinion. Take that. Hey. I like how the only stat it brings up that's good for him or average is his, his defensive value, even though that's the one stat he just doesn't care about. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, to be fair, over the process of one sim, the potential went up like 10. So if they continue at that pace, you look at the graph there, that's pretty good. Yeah. The other thing that we have to look at is the fact that, like, he's technically better than my player. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is this has been all season for me. It's I'm just uh, watching man. all of these rookies, uh, Gofford and Hulk and Vettel, who's literally at a hundred TPE, uh, be better than me. Or hundred fifty, but yeah, yeah, he's he's better than me. That's it hurts. It hurts That's rough. Oh man, yeah, I'm ten home runs under my last year's pace. It's fine. Yikes. I'm also, uh, I've also struck out <laughs> as much as I did two years ago, two seasons ago, and uh, we've still got another twenty games to go. <laughs> it hurts, but look at that WAR. Yeah, I'm very valuable. Sure, sure, that's, that's impressive. Anyway, it just means you're uh, you're hitting a situational. There you go. Yeah, I've got that. That clutch is max, baby. I'm a max clutch hitter. That hidden <laughs> stat. Didn't we talk about that at one point in the editor? There's like this blank spot. There's a blank spot here. Or no, this, yeah, it's right here. I think this is where the clutch rating is that only the developers can see is right here. Huh. Do they, do the, uh, whoever controls the sim, do they manually edit the popularity for players? Or is it just. 
does it just automatically get changed at the game? I don't think they even look at that. Yeah, that's it's just unknown. But I know <laughs> some of the majors players have like the top like stat leaders and all that have their popularity is like national star or something like that. Hmm. He is extremely popular. That's his corpse is doing really well. The Apex Legend. Anthony Bauer, look at that. Look at that stat line. Almost almost yeah, career bests. He just left the tours and became a god. I have no idea what happened. His batting average went up like 60 points. 2.1 war in 43 games. <laughs> like, what? Oh, it's so great. That's And uh, Evox player is doing really well, too, after she announced her retirement. Ghosts are powerful. It's 100% just a league messing with them. As soon as they announce retirement, they just turn their stats all the way up. I'm telling you. Straight 99s. But yeah. So anyway, it's fun departure. I, yeah, I just I enjoy those scouting reports too much, I think. Um, so what do you think, let's, let's start with the positives. What do you think works really well about the, the, the lack of affiliation? Uh, what's, what's positive about that? And we'll start with you, Barry. The lack of affiliation, some positives with that. Um, I mean, you get to stay in locker rooms a lot longer with the different team or with the two teams max that you'll be on in the beginning of your career, at least. So it allows you to build like a lot more relationships with the people that you're with, I guess. Um, geez, I gotta think about. I, I'll just pass this on to Dom for now because I, I can't think of any right. No, I think right now. yeah, your initial point is is good, and I think I would add on to that. That's you know because we, we were just looking at a minor league uh, structure that was like seven teams, right? So. Those interactions, like if we did a true, obviously we would need to have a lot more players for this to work. So we, you know, this would be like we sell out to out of the park. They start running the the sims, and we get like thousands of more play. You know, we we get a, a structure where we have like ten thousand players or something, and then it would be to your point, you would spend like one or one or two seasons with each of those minors teams. So you get to know a group of people, and then you might not ever talk to them again because now you're in a new locker room. So yeah, that it is a positive. It is a positive that there's really only the two steps, um, and that the the delayed call up kind of gets you more more time with with a group of people. So I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, and and uh, Dom, let me let me rephrase. You don't have to limit it to the lack of affiliation. Any any sort of positive you think about sure. the current major minor structure is fine. Well, if it makes you feel any better, that was what I was going to talk about anyway. Um, <laughs> was the lack of affiliation. So. I think what happens, right, um, doesn't the MLB draft have, like, 30 rounds or something obscene? That sounds accurate. It's like 40 rounds. It's like thousands (laughs) of picks. Um, I think the problem with the affiliation minor league system is, and this, so this would be a positive of, um, this system that PBE runs is if you get drafted to a bad minor league team, um, the chances are the major league team is probably not good either. And you will just suffer your entire early career, right? Like um, last time I checked the Orioles, all of their minor league affiliates are awful too. So it's, it's almost like 
depending on the franchise you get drafted by, you're immediately on like this slowly moving path of death where you just will not have much success on any level. But in PBE, because they're disconnected, you can go to a minor league team and immediately feel if if the minor league team is bad, it doesn't matter, right? Like you'll be on your major league team next year anyway, unless they send you down. And it's it's almost like you get like a guaranteed fresh start. You know, like what happens to you in the minors is essentially unconnected to what you do in the majors. And I, I feel like that would be refreshing to people who might if they were affiliated get drafted by a really bad team or a team that's struggling and then be like oh i don't want to go to majors because i'll just suck you know and then they'll quit (laughs) uh so i think the system enables a little more hopefulness (laughs) in the draft prospects so yeah it's that um you know even though our players have morale values that are kind of random and based on changes in the engine um it talks about it's like the real life morale right so it's like um so i think barry is hasn't your player been angry for like ever is it like yeah until like midway through the season he was just very angry and now i'm only very unhappy which is a bit of an upgrade but my player is still just fucking pissed to be playing for the kingpins i be an end page maybe trying to remember where that's listed in the the normal engine but anyway uh yeah i think i think the the point was i think i think dom nailed it when he's i mean that's that's the the real life morale killer it's it's fun to interact with a group of people it's harder to have fun with the game though if your team is just always losing right you want to at least be competitive maybe make the playoffs here and there Uh, if you don't win at all it's unfortunate but it's not the worst thing in the world as long as every once in a while you get to the show, right? So, I think that's a good point. Barry, did uh, did you get enough time to think about maybe something else that, that was a, a bonus or a positive with that interaction? Uh, no, but I, I do have to agree with Dom on his point with uh, being in like a bad minor league system and then being sent up to a bad major league team in the, uh, in like the real majors and minors. Would just suck, but in like the mine in uh the PBE, you you could be picked by like the worst team, and you could still be drafted by the best team. So I I just got to agree with him there. Yeah, and I would add on. So you you touched on the draft experience. I think that's a really big positive, especially for new players, uh, getting to go through that draft experience twice. It's yep. kind of fun, right? So even if you have a, a bad first draft or a good first draft. It may not have any correlation to that second draft. You know, it, it kind of depends on. I, I see that first draft as that's when the the miners GMs are taking a chance, right? They've only seen a couple of things from you. They don't really know how active or inactive you're going to be after those couple of things. And so, the, by the time you get into the majors draft, now we have like a, a true sample size of here is your work to uh, so far. And and getting to go through that twice was really fun. You know, getting the signatures was cool, and uh, having that interact. I I don't know if they'll ever do this again uh, because of recent events, but it was really fun to like get called on during the the draft. That was really fun to be able to speak on that. But 
Yeah, I think I think that interaction's really exciting, and I, you you don't get that if you're if you're strictly if based on affiliation, you don't get two drafts. You get a draft, and then you're done. Or in some cases, you get no drafts, right? Because you go to waivers, and that's that's the other part of it too. Is if you're a waiver claim by a minor league team, you if you have a major and a minor league draft, you you're guaranteed to be in the majors draft. Like there's sure. no there is no waiver claim from the minors to the majors. Yep. So I think those are positives. I also like uh, the fact that even though, like, you can be a fan of any team coming up. So, like, when you're on your minors team, you're not you don't you're not like uh, tied into anything else as part of that affiliation. So you don't have to like really be invested in the success of any major league team until you get drafted onto that that majors team in the in the sure. PB. But those are my thoughts on those positives based on affiliation. I mean everything else is kind of behind the scenes stuff. A lot of us don't get to see it or don't get to, to hear about those interactions. Uh I I like the fact I think a positive uh, as well is that the I think the money system, like the the roster, like the salary system, is probably already as complex as it needs to be. And if there were that direct connection, that direct link, there would be a whole other level, right? Of here's your budget, here's here's your salaries. Um, you know that five million would have to come from somewhere, right? So it has to go from your major league team. Uh, and then how how does that all get balanced out? So I think that would be you know another kind of tricky thing to figure out if we had that direct affiliation. But yeah, those are I think those are the, the big pluses. Uh, Barry, anything you wanted to add before I, I, I jump into some of the maybe not so great things? <laughs> not right now. Not with this. Alright, so, so let's jump into uh, again, I want to keep it positive, right? I, I don't think we should mention things without trying to come up with solutions, right? So if something's a problem, um, if you don't know how to fix it, I guess that's okay to say, right? Like you can say, hey, I don't really like how this works, but I don't know how it would be better. So I guess we're stuck with it. Like that's, I guess that's an okay thing to do. But if you can think of things, I think if you, if you say, hey, here's a problem and then say, hey, you know, if, if I was in charge or if I was the commissioner or HO or whoever, this would be what I would propose to fix it. Um, so, I'm going to give you time to think on this one, Barry. Um, Dom, do you, again, I, I know for both of you, for both of you guys, this is probably all relatively new stuff, so I don't expect you guys to have anything, but uh, do you, Dom, do you have anything just at a surface level that you think might be, might be room for improvement? Um, so I, I think you mentioned it a little earlier when you were talking about the positives, which is you don't have to have an affiliation or like you don't have to care about the results of the major league while you're still in the minors right i think that can also actually be a negative thing because as someone who's come into the league with no pre-existing knowledge you know this is my first character this is the first time i've like read power rankings uh done draft stuff etc I have absolutely no knowledge 
about any of the teams. I don't know the situations in the majors. I don't know the situations they're in. I don't know the players. I don't know the GMs. I don't know the history. And because of how the minor league is so unconnected to the majors, I haven't really taken the time to learn, you know? And when I get drafted, there's a 40% chance they'll be like, oh, cool, I know nothing about this team. And I I don't think there's a clear-cut fix to that just because of, uh, unless like totally and wildly changing the structure of minors, which I don't expect nor want to happen. Um, But I think first-time creates because of the major-minor gap have this very strong bubble that they exist in that no one else does. Um, So that would be the one thing I've noticed about the majors so far. And I can't talk a lot beyond my perception of them because I still don't have any experience. So that's that's my take. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say I would agree that I kind of see things similarly. The whole... The only way that I learned about the majors was because of the uh, the fantasy. So I learned about the majors just so that I could draft a fantasy team. And even then, I just I really just went off of like base statistics and TPE numbers. So that it didn't really teach me a bunch about the structure. But at least I got to know some of the players that way. So I thought that was really cool. But yeah, to your point, I I literally didn't know anything about the majors until I after I got drafted. So it was. You know, you see a lot of articles about, hey, this is the team I want to go to, or hey, if you know, this is the 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 teams that would be best fits, and it's like, well, I don't think. I mean, all of that is pretty much educated guesses, right? Especially if they're not recreates, if they're brand new players, because we've only interacted with these people for like a couple weeks. <laughs> we don't know anyone. <laughs> we have no idea how they're going to be. So to, to say that they're a good fit for a majors team, it's it's yeah, it's all supposition, and it's really hard to figure sure. out. I actually, um, I, I got my first, uh, I don't know if you saw this, I was like super excited. I got my first draft interview from a major team. It was uh, AJ, the uh, Vancouver GM. And <laughs> he messages me and gives me, you know, every GM kind of has their spiel. They're like, hey, I'm insert name. We're looking for blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> he asked me, do you have any questions about Vancouver? And I just think to myself, I know fucking nothing about your team. <laughs> I cannot tell you a player on your team. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you'll be good. Um, (laughs) And it's just, it's a very kind of surreal experience. Um, And it's really, it's funny. um, Just kind of going in blind. So, yeah. Well, and I think part of that confusion too, for me, is like everyone has like three different usernames. So AJ is Dark Takuno on on twitch <laughs> so it's aj slash dark takuno slash his player right so it's it, that makes it even harder to figure out who is who and and i don't know for me that's part of that disconnect as well you're you talk with these people on discord and then you know you see different names in the streams which i try to be active in so it's hard to get excited about those interactions and then and then you take it a step further and it's like i don't know yeah I didn't know anything about uh, the Scorpions outside of they won a bunch because uh, I remember <laughs> I, when I signed up I remember seeing that they had they had won the most recent uh, I think because they won like S21 I think championship something like that and so they yeah. were like the most recent banner on the forum that's all I knew about them. 
But yeah, what do you think, Barry? Any any thoughts about that interaction? Anything that that maybe is room for improvement? To add on to his point with the um, with like the lack of affiliation, when I was being drafted, I had no idea who was on the team, how active they were, how friendly they were, all that. Which it's in the PB. I just got to assume they're pretty much everybody's friendly. But, like, I didn't know a thing about the team. The only thing I could really go off of is their message logs in, in the PB Discord and, like, their team record and stats on the PB website. So it's kind of just, like, a lack of... Uh, I, I don't know the best word for this, but it's just, like, the, the people in the minors don't really know what's happening in the majors, and probably the people in the majors don't really pay attention to the minors. It's like, yeah, that, that's pretty much all. I don't really know how you could fix that because they already do their little videos on YouTube about like weekly reviews, but it's just kind of up to the people in the league to pay more attention, I guess, because there's not really much that the head uh, the HO can really do to... Uh, fix that disconnect between the two levels I guess yeah I can see that you know a lot of folks when we occasionally especially during the playoffs you know people will uh, whoever's streaming will say hey guys which which game do you want to watch and there's a pretty clear division there's that group of people who always want minors games and that group of people who always want majors games and in a lot of cases it's the people who are in the majors that want the majors games and in the minors that want the minors games. There's there's a few folks who have been with the league for a while and aren't necessarily affiliated with the minor league team, but they know, they're like, hey, we want these young players to keep the excitement about the game, so show more of their games. But outside of that, I think you're exactly right. There just isn't that seamless interaction between the two groups. And... and yeah, I think one thing that they could do a little bit better, because I've noticed the PB Rewinds mostly focus on the majors. There's occasionally minors talk. Um, I know there was in the spring training and in, in the playoffs, but mostly it's majors. So I think it would be good if they, you know, I've seen a couple of formats where they do a little bit of majors, a little bit of minors, and I think that helps tie it all together a little bit better. You know, saying like, hey, here are the top players of the week in the majors, here are the top players of the week in the minors, something to that effect where they just kind of provide those BNN stats. Uh, that that could help a little bit, but you can't really force the interaction, right? You're going to get excited about interacting with the people you enjoy, and typically the people you enjoy are the ones that you talk to more often. So, you know, for us right now, it's the minors, uh, but in two seasons, maybe it's the majors, right? Maybe we spend more time in our majors locker room than we do in the minors locker room at that point. Yeah, yeah I think those are good points. Don, did you have something you wanted to add? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> so, and then the, my, so my big, uh, suggest, or not suggestion, but my, my, my pain point being in the, uh, I'm in, uh, the war rooms a little bit on, on both my majors and minor league team. And I, and I touched on it a little bit when I was introducing and, and talking about that lack of affiliation, the communication with the GMs, right? Where it's, the major league GM just saying like, "Hey, this player is going to be mine next season," <laughs> like, or "Hey, we're going to keep him down another season." Uh, that to me, it's really tough because those minors GMs, they don't get anything. When your player gets called up, there's no reward for your team. Your team is probably yep. going to perform worse. 
Uh, you, you know, now you have to stress and try to think about, okay, what do I do for next season in, in that uh, roster spot or that position or for that pitcher? Uh, there really is zero incentive for a minor league GM to have a player called up. Yes. So my suggestion would be to provide some sort of an, uh, uh, a, not necessarily compensation, but something. Something should change. And something, it, it shouldn't be necessarily at the detriment of the person calling them up. But that, to me, would make the most sense, right? If you're calling up, if you're a majors GM and you're calling up someone from the minors, um, how can you provide a, a benefit to that team? So ideally, it would be some sort of a comp- uh, compensatory draft pick. Obviously, that probably isn't fair with the structure we have right now because you would be stealing a draft pick from essentially another team that had nothing to do with that transaction. So instead, maybe it's a monetary uh, bump. And maybe it's a monetary bump for a new player, so maybe that, um, that $5 million, you know, because in a lot of those contracts, right, the, the first two years you're guaranteed $5 million, uh, and then beyond that it's the majors team that's paying. So maybe maybe we give an additional $1 million or something to the newest player on the team, right? Mm-hmm. So if a player gets called up, say I get called up, in the next season's draft, whatever the first-round pick is, they get an additional, I don't know, $1 million to their PBE bank account. Sure. Some some sort of compensation again, something that doesn't hurt the the pro team, uh, but helps the minor league team a little bit. That that's that's the kind of line I wanted to go through. So, okay, I before I go on this, I want to ask you in particular, why did you decide to be? Okay, this this is a weird question. Why do you hang around the miners? Like, what about it is attractive to you in general? Well, at at its base, it's the people. Like, I've, I've formed good sure. relationships with everyone. But <laughs> but again, you're I'm now a maxed player. I am as good as any other minor league player can ever be. I'm at 350 sure. TPE. So if you keep me down for two more seasons with sim variants, I could have an MP, MVP season. Sure. Uh, or I could have an even worse season. We could, I could continue trending <laughs> down, but that's that's kind of the incentive for me. Is after that second season, uh, you're 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 the best. You're you are guaranteed tied for the best player in the minors. So sure. staying down for a couple extra seasons means that you get to potentially break records or be part of that championship team. And then the longer you stay down, you keep banking TPE. So if you sure. get called up after five seasons and you're a max earner, you're almost guaranteed. Uh, a rookie of the year and potentially even MVP like you'll have almost a thousand or yeah almost a thousand TPE or over a thousand TPE so you'll be in that kind of that bracket of almost the best player in the majors when you get called up so that it's kind of twofold that way I think that like illustrates why it's hard to provide compensation in in the minors because while players and major league GMs are all in it primarily to like be good, right? I think when you sign up to be a GM or a co-GM for a minor league team, it is inherently kind of a selfless thing. And you need to understand that one of your main jobs is to develop talent, right? Um, and the unfortunate fact of it is that because of how this is structured, if you gave bonuses to teams 
that lost players, they would it would be such a winner gains more system. Um, I, I think when you accept that you are a co-GM or a GM of a minor league team, you just have to accept that you are going to be losing talent a lot. And I wouldn't consider that a barrier. I would consider that the main goal. If you have your guys being drafted frequently in high rounds, I think that's like a good thing for your team. That means that like you're succeeding. So <clears throat> it's it's a weird it's a weird kind of effect because you're correct. It does create a brain drain, but I I think that drain is the good part of the minor leagues. I think that's why GMs GM here. And if you were to change it, I feel like it might actually like kind of threaten the structure of competitive minor leagues because a lot of it is you just have to deal with people leaving. Um, but that's just my take on that. I think it's a good thing, and I think it's what GMs should expect and should want. Well, do you have any, any thoughts on that, Barry? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, that makes sense because the minor GMs are really there for helping develop the uh, newer players. Uh, and rather than like their main focus, obviously they want to win, but their main focus is probably developing their players because in reality, the, the newer players are going to be what's going to be the future of the majors. So they're, they're, I don't know if this is necessarily correct, but in my eyes, they're there to help the new players and then like their second priority is winning. So, yeah, so I think... So maybe not direct compensation, because, yeah, we don't want to change, I think, the dynamic. To your point, a lot of minor league GMs are in that position because they just want to be helpful, for sure. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't get recognition. And I you know, we, I think we partially try to do that. We have that, that whole PBE liaison role where people who you know get recognized, but that's not necessarily a GM focus. We have GM of the year, but really that award tends to go to whoever wins the World Series or has the best record. That's really the, the two things that happens with that. So maybe instead of direct compensation, maybe there's an award. Maybe it's, hey, this person's having the most people called up. Like this sure. GM, check out their success. They're having seven players called up or five players or whatever. <laughs> uh, and just give them a quick shout out. So maybe, maybe no. that would be a good thing because I think the the you know check what's the saying? I don't remember the exact quote, but it's you know when when things are tough, pulse check your best people. Because if those people are just chugging along and pretending everything's okay, but they're really struggling, they're good for a little bit, and then they're going to burn out, and then they're going to leave. So so I think a little way that we could give back to the miners' GMs, uh, in addition to giving, giving them shout-outs for being you know the GM of the year, yeah, some sort of a, um, a best recruiter or best promoter uh, sure. award, where it's like, okay... You did a great job developing talent, and you have five people getting called up the season. Way to go! I think that would be nice. I no, I think that's a great idea. Um, because if if like I said, I, I believe it's the main goal of a GM. So if if that was like even like a stat they tracked, you know, like who has the most like first round picks as a GM that get called up, I think that's a really nice way to um kind of intrinsically will reward people and to remind people 
what minor leagues is all about. So yeah, I think that's a great idea, like an award of sorts. Yeah, and I've talked about different things that I'd like to see channel points used for. I've mentioned that it would be cool <laughs> if one stream, uh, one game per stream, was just voted on by channel points. You oh know? yeah. Uh, so it would be it would, maybe they would get some sort of a something in the channel as well. So maybe uh, their team gets featured for one game uh, on the on the next stream or something, right? So like if if Moosey and and Dag won. I guess I should... Okay, I'm sorry. Dag and Moosey. Listen, egos get hurt if I don't say it the right way. Um, but, the co-GM and the co-GM. Don't right. worry about it. That's what That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so that would be cool. If it's like, okay, you won this award, and in the next stream, we're going we're gonna to showcase one of your team's games as an, you know, an additional thing. Nice. So, so that way, yeah, because I think most of the people, like the problem is most minor league GMs are, t- are max earners, so they don't need help with money. Uh, and that was kind of my thought on, hey, give a new player or, or some sort of a, maybe that's an intriguing idea, some sort of a uh, team pool. Because right now the limit, I think, is 3 million team-to-team transaction per season. Um, so, like, I could give you 3 million PBE bucks for something, but that'd be it for the whole season, right? Um, sure. So maybe it would be cool if there was some sort of a team bank that yeah. every time, like I said, that, that whole one million thing. So every time someone joined, you get a million and it, maybe it caps out at five million, right? So kind of like the um, the advantage system in D&D where like your, your player does good role playing or does something really cool, you get awarded with a, a free advantage. Sure. Uh, maybe something to that effect where it's like you bank up that money and then when a player is really hurting, you know, one of your, your good players is hurting, maybe they're at like, 14 million and they just need that extra 5 million bump you can just dump that on them yeah um, but again well, it, it would have to be small because we wouldn't want to completely throw off the economy um yeah because introducing two billion dollars what's that <laughs> two billion dollars right every time you go to slump <laughs> right that's it. yeah yeah so it's it's we we'd have to figure out kind of what what that line would be but i, I think both those systems could be good i think uh, adding them both could be really beneficial and helpful and, and kind of increase that engagement and it would be a lot less frustrating uh, from a war room standpoint to see these transactions happen where it's like cool uh, we suck now and we got nothing for it <laughs> as, a, as a player who just sees that stuff it hurts sure. um, but yeah I think I don't know I think that's a good constructive talk on that interaction I'd say you guys did a great job of just introducing a couple of speed bumps and uh, and again, it, can everything be fixed? No. Are our suggestions the best suggestions necessarily? I don't know. It's, I, mean, that, I think the people who are smarter about this stuff and interact with it on the day-to-day basis uh, could take a look and, and figure that stuff out. But um, but yeah, really really positive and constructive feedback. I love it. So any, yeah. any parting thoughts, Barry, before we close out here? Uh, just your point on the uh, PB economy being ruined. Uh, by having too much money going out. I think it's already been ruined for the past couple of years with, oh, what is it, 200 million cap or something like that, whatever the cap is, and just absolutely no money coming in. Just The PBE economy is in shambles. There's no way it's coming back. Just give, just give teams all the money they want because there's no coming back. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's not yeah no I hear you it's definitely like there are 
I don't know, like a dozen users who have 200 million plus, and then there's like, I don't know, like 50 users who have like 100 million plus, so yeah, there's no way, and there's no way to do anything with that money, so I know that there was an article, oh boy, it was it was months ago at this point, but Crazy Katie Cat proposed, was like, here are some things that we maybe could do with that money, and most of it fell by the wayside, most of it was just kind of summarily rejected, but I think those conversations, it would be good to bring that stuff up again, because to your point... There's there's the folks like myself who are just I'm always gonna have money I don't really need money and I'm doing my best to like share it by doing podcasts uh, but ultimately like I'm going to get to that point where I just have a hundred million dollars and nothing to do with it so so that's unfortunately I don't have a solution or even a suggestion on how to fix it I think that's a complex problem but uh, yeah that's a good point uh, anything hmm. any other closing thoughts or anything you wanted to add Dom uh, I'm good. Right on. Well, thanks for joining me, gentlemen. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I hope that those listening uh, will take our suggestions to heart and maybe it will inspire some of their own thoughts, maybe get some some other changes happening, with, maybe with issues I don't even know exist. Uh, but, but either way, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the field. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, Visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.